Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one mission-driven page of Talmud a day. Today's page, Gitin 63, kicks things off with a sharp disquisition on missions and their meaning. Have a listen. Alternatively, if Rav Nachman ruled, once the bill of divorce reaches her possession, she is divorced. One could conclude that the husband relies on the agent's statement, and based on that statement, the agent is designated as an agent for delivery. However, here in the case cited where Rav Nachman rules that she is not divorced, it is not because the husband relies on one statement or the other. Rather, it is due to the fact that by means of his statement, the agent negates his agency entirely. As he said, I am an agent for receipt, meaning I am not to be an agent for delivery. He is essentially saying that he is not prepared to go to the trouble of delivering the bill of divorce to her. Therefore, even if he does ultimately deliver the bill of divorce to her, he is an agent neither for the woman nor for her husband. No conclusion could be drawn with regard to the question of which statement the husband relies upon. It's fascinating stuff. Even if someone ultimately does do something, like deliver a bill of divorce to a woman, he is not considered an agent because he did not choose to accept his mission outright. Which, naturally, put me in mind of this. Okay, okay, I admit it. I just came back from watching the new Mission Impossible movie, and it is absolutely terrific. That stunt with Tom Cruise on a motorcycle jumping off the Alps and parachuting onto a moving train, it's amazing. As is the car chase in Rome, the fistfight scene in Venice, the airport scene in Abu Dhabi, and pretty much everything else about this movie. A three-hour perfect bit of action-packed summertime entertainment. But as I walked out of the theater and gave some thought to the Mission Impossible franchise, I realized, to my surprise, that it was actually deeper than we may give it credit for being, and that its depth has to do precisely with the insight that Talmud shares on our page today. Why? Let's compare cinema's two best-known super agents. Mission Impossible's Ethan Hunt, and one Bond, James Bond. The latter not only goofs by ordering his martini precisely the wrong way, it should always be stirred, never heaven forfend shaken, but he's also a bit of a brute, inasmuch as he has no real choice. He works in His Majesty's Secret Service, which means he follows orders, and even when he goes a bit rogue here or there, Every Bond movie always begins and ends with him in the warm bosom of the establishment. He gets his toys from Q and his orders from M, which in a recent iteration was played by an older woman who was every bit a mother figure to Bond. Bond is, as his name suggests, bound by the ties that bind. He acts simply because he must. Not so Ethan Hunt of Mission Impossible. For him, each adventure begins with a very simple sentence. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. And in this film, the latest installment in the series, we learn that the very act of joining the IMF, the secret organization to which Hunt and his buddies belong, is itself a life-defining choice. 
And it matters because an agent, as the rabbis knew all too well, isn't just as good as his or her work. He may deliver divorce papers or he may not. That doesn't matter. It's not about the outcome. What matters is whether or not the agent chose to take on the agency, whether or not he or she approached the mission out of their own free will and with a clear understanding of what they will be doing. Ethan Hunt always does that. What propels him forward isn't just the kinetic energy of a hundred perfectly shot and edited chase scenes. It's the force of his moral reckoning, of trying to do the right thing, which almost always involves doing the right thing for his friends. Unlike Bond, that crude instrument of killing, Hunt never works alone. He has pals and partners and love interests, and he does everything he can to protect them because he chooses, as he makes very clear in this most recent film, to put their lives over his own. That is what having real agency means. It's never about the outcome, which is why Hunt fails here and there on his way to ultimate vindication. It's about the moment the Talmud understood all too well, of stepping up to the plate and saying, yes, we'll take on the task, even though it's difficult. Our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to be just as mindful in our own lives. To be, in other words, less James Bond and more Ethan Hunt. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're going to enjoy our brand new Take One newsletter even more. Each week, you'll get an extra shot of Talmudic wisdom straight to your inbox. And for those who sign up before Tractate Gittin ends, we'll be raffling off some Take One swag. So make sure to subscribe at tabletm.ag slash Take One Newsletter. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And you could get your Take One t-shirts, mugs, and other amazing form of swag at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramuccia, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.dafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.